Hello. Hello. I am Alex. I'm Val. And we're here to start up season four. Season four. Season four of The Sopranos. Um, crazy. I know. So we took a little break at the end of season three at the holidays. Yeah. yeah. And now we're back from the holidays. And yeah. we just did a bonus episode. So we kind of recapped season three, which is something that we're thinking about doing going forward at the end of every season. I like calling it a bonus episode. Bonus. Like, <laughs> like lucky you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a great bonus. Yeah. If you, you guys listen to this podcast, that you get another episode of You get this another podcast. podcast. Wow. Congratulations. Really? And we hope you enjoy. Um, but do tell us if you like this podcast at all. Right, yeah. Or if you liked the bonus episodes. Yeah, <laughs> in at the end. Bonus uh, episodes and normal episodes. Yeah, but truly, we would love to hear people's feedback. Yeah. Um, especially if we do go back and like do season one and season two mm-hmm. recap, we could like touch on different things yeah. at that time too. So yeah. let us know what you think. Yeah. So here we are, season four. And actually, having just come back from Christmas, one thing to take note of that we were just talking about as we came over here is, when is this? Because yeah, actually, this the passage place? of time is really interesting because we were we know that we were around Christmas at the end of last season. Yeah. And then we know that it's past 9-11. Mm-hmm. So we know that, and we know that things are kind of like taking place in September. Well, right it's definitely now. fall. Like, there are lots of indications, like, the ducks are not coming. Yeah. Um, people are like, you should wait till next season, right? Yeah. AJ said there's only been five days of school. Yeah, he just went back to school. And we have an episode coming up in a couple episodes that's centered around Columbus Day. Yeah, so I have to imagine it's the fall. Could it be the end of September? I don't know. Like, I, it doesn't, it feels like there's been more time that's passed between September 11th and now. Just, like, based on the way that the right. characters talk about it. Right. Like, could it be 2002, September? I think, I think it could. could it have been a lot of time since the end of season three? Like, were they filming a show that was taking place in the future? Because <laughs> this, because this season came out in 2002. Right. But when? <laughs> oh, we'd have to look that up. I don't know. Okay, we're back. Yeah. Um, we don't usually pause the show. <laughs> but, but it's a new season. We can do whatever we we're want. We're just trying shit out. Um, no, but it aired on September 15th, 2002. Right. Which means that they were filming, obviously, before then. And yeah. if this was supposed to be happening at the time that it was being aired, then we're in 2002. I, you know what? I kind of like that. Like, they yeah. were they were constructing a show, like almost like predicting what the world would be like a year after 9-11. Interesting. Because they, they would have to have been filming it in late 2001, early 2002. Yeah. Right? So, like, they were, I mean, they did. They dealt with people's feelings and stuff like that. They dealt with the economy. They were, like, making some predictions. Yeah. Because they knew when it was going to come out. When well, the show was always good at predicting things. I mean, they're talking about anti-terrorism before 9-11 even happened. No, totally. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, so that's when it aired. Yeah. So. But, yeah, but it still is a little bit confusing. Like, a lot, like... I'm trying to think back to the other seasons now, like how much time passes between them. Sometimes we don't know. But this seems like a long passage of time between mm-hmm. last season and now. Um, like where we pick up is really strange in some ways. Yeah. Um, what's happened in the meantime? You know? Right. Um, 
Aid and Danielle have become really good friends. Mm-hmm. Chris is using again. He what like we definitely didn't have signs of him using at the end of last season. Right? Yeah. Angie Bompincero is selling sausages. Sausages, <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, even like there's this like relationship or like this thing hinted at about Furio and Carmela. Yeah. Right? Like something and again, it's funny when now thinking back on it, because this is a storyline that happens in this season. I'm sorry, it's a spoiler. Yeah. But um, it always seemed kind of abrupt, but I didn't really think back mm. on like that there was this large passage of time. Do you know what I mean? Like right. that they are indicating like. And what lots you're referring to, I guess, is that Carmela and Furio have kind of an attraction. Well, you just you could see it just in this yeah. episode. Like she's like wondering where he is and like she's just, like, like kind of playing more with her dolled hair up and, than yeah. usual. Yeah, like so I'm not giving anything away, right. but it's I always like in I always thought that kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like that feeling or that emotion because it's like oh yeah, like all this stuff happened in the meantime. Like, I think de- it's, deal with it. Yeah, I think it's cool and I think it's a testament to the excellent writing on the show. Like right away, episode one, they really yeah. establish new topics and they're pretty efficient yeah. with it. Yeah, like Christopher using. Um, you know, like, yeah, Tony's issues with Ralph and, and you know, and right. Ralph with, you know, doing cocaine. Yeah, and, the uh, status of Junior's uh, trial or whatever. Yeah. Like, also, Ralph, case. like, Angie Bompensero being depressed and Ralph now kind of getting involved with Janice. Actually, like, overtly. Like, Not right. Angie Bompensero oh being depressed. Oh, my God. What I know. I, I messed it up in the last Rosalie. episode. Rosalie. Oh, April. my God. What am I doing? I don't know. Okay, Rosalie She's being a depressed. Hard one. <laughs> <laughs> they look kind of similar. All of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, you know what I mean. Yeah. You guys all know what I mean. But anyway, but yeah, like Ralph and Janice, like we actually see them getting together. Right, now. which it was kind of hinted at. Yeah. Well, she was like on his lap. I mean, it was pretty not. Yeah, but it's not as yeah. overt as what happens in the jail yeah. bathroom. And above and beyond that, you know, we have Christopher and Ralphie both using drugs, which in the past has led to disaster. Right. It hasn't been good for either of them. So it's interesting that right off the bat, they're establishing that. Right. Yeah. That's. I definitely get a feeling in this season opener that things are not on a good path or people are not in a good place. Like there's definitely an uneasiness and everybody seems pretty discontent with mm-hmm. the world that they're in. Well, and there's a lot of reference to it. Like Carmela early in the episode has that great line, like everything comes to the end, comes to an end, yeah. right? So she's like, look at the news, look at the economy. Yeah. Everything comes to an end. Um, there's references like Tony talks about, like there's only two ways that guys in this line of work can go out. Right. Um, like, I like actually what he says. There's only two ways, and then and, like, and then Melfi's like, "Why don't you get out of it?" And he's like, "It's like a joke." But then he's like, "But there is a third way." And the third way is like, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of harebrained. I think a little yeah. bit. Like, I mean, just in terms of like maybe we have the advantage of seeing what Christopher is up to right now, yeah. and like clearly it's a flawed plan if he's completely trusting Christopher as his blood relative. When we see that now he's using heroin again. Yeah. So yeah, there's that's kind of yeah. Seems we to be get like... these hints. We, we it's almost like a um, like a fortune teller or something. Like yeah. we like, and that's why I kind of like how you know the thing, the idea that I just kind of thought of of like them projecting into yeah. the future. Like we ha- we see these things that other characters don't see about each other, right? Yeah. And so we can kind of predict that Tony thinking that about, you know, being with family, we can predict that that yeah. might not be the likely outcome. Yeah. Tony can't predict that. Um, so I don't know. It's just kind of interesting, but yeah, things don't seem like they're going that well. No. Money's not good. No. Um, the twin towers are gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From the credits. 
Um, you know, and then there, there is this concept of debt, right? And yeah. so, um, again, like it, it's amazing how it kind of like links in with the economy at the time and stuff like that um, in the real world. Um, but we see these personal and private debts that are being called in yeah. almost in this episode, right? Yeah. And, um, and how those, I don't know, like it's really hard to get out of debt. Like it's really, that's a, once you're in debt, it's very hard to get yourself out because repaying someone is never kind of, never kind of settles it or something right. like that. Like even if you try to repay it for these characters. Yeah. Um, there's always like you still owe something. Everyone totally, and that's I mean, and that is like the business that these you know yeah. people are in. Like I mean, they benefit basically off of the debts of others. Yeah, and you know, and capitalizing on that, you know, extra payment that's required. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. How do you want to go about this episode? Well, we can kind of start. There's a couple like topics, but why don't we start actually at the very beginning? Because I think that first shot is really interesting and actually kind of ties into what we're talking about, about being in debt and the kind of business that's happening. Right. So we so, have that scene instead of starting with Tony going down to get the newspaper. The Star Ledger, which he's always reason, reading at the beginning of seasons. Yeah, we get the New York Times mm-hmm. instead. And a really interesting shot, too, of like the New York Times like so clearly in focus yeah. in the shot. And, and then just Carmella, half of Carmella's face. Yeah. And yeah. then just like a lot of focus on the words that are from that article. Right. Like just talking about it. And um, the Italian high court discussing influence peddling and how it's not a crime. So right. obviously something that's very relevant to these characters right, yeah. and something that's kind of like showing up in this episode. Yeah. Like kind of like the kind of like the back channeling that's going on, like between yeah. like Zellman and Tony and and other characters. Yeah. The kind of things that are happening. And also like the fact that Carmela, amongst others, has like built a life based on that kind of influence peddling mm-hmm. and actually has to kind of like has been struggling with coming to grips with that, like how she stands in that and what it means. And now she's worried about like the actual, like strictly financial implications, like just the money. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting in terms of that, like what what were they, Rocco Mendiones or whatever. We're very good at Italian. That was, (laughs) yeah, that was my best attempt. Um, But... Sorry, Margarita. You did a you did a good job trying to teach me Italian when yeah, I was a kid. But. I didn't have a godmother. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you know, that's clearly like she's kind of like proud of this news story about Italy. Like she's like AJ, you could use this for your project. Like she's like, I don't know when when I heard that story, I was like, that's pretty crazy that that's yeah. not illegal, right? Like, right. Like I was like, that's like that's not good. Yeah, that and it's kind of being discussed that, as like what everybody agreed is totally cool. Yeah, and she's like kind of proud of this fact. So yeah. like we can kind of see the shift in her yeah. um, character yeah. maybe for this season. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But, yeah. um, but, well, then, but then we see Tony getting the star ledger and it's, you know, and we find out. I'm, at first I was like, why is there this giant pile of New York Times mm-hmm. um, newspapers? And again, like... Right. That's also one of the confusing timeline things. Like, how has AJ saved up that many newspapers? And because he was not right, them home that's a great or, question. Yeah, I don't know. But um, I'm like, why is there this big pile here? And then you find out that he has this backlog of papers he hasn't yeah. been reading. I can never see AJ reading a New York Times. Um, but then Tony does come in with the Star Ledger and shows AJ the car pages yeah. or whatever, and he's yeah, and that pretty gets into his that. attention. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting in terms of that kind of like influence peddling and mm. is um, actually so Tony talking about his plan to bring in blood um, and work through 
blood in the in the familia. Right. The parallel there between what Carmela brings up of wanting to bring in her cousin Brian yeah. Camerata yeah. to work on their financial yeah. details. Yeah. And like kind of like bringing in the family like that she has a parallel to what Tony is trying totally. to do. And actually, Brian Camerata does kind of become a character, not a for super a important one, but he does like show up and like there is like, fi- sorry for the spoilers that Brian Camerata does help them with some financial planning. So many spoilers today. I know. It's a, it's a big one. Anyway, hopefully yeah. you can still enjoy the show if you didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of like, I don't know, maybe like kind of back to the, um, the things aren't good times Yeah. Um, thing too, like... Um, we know that the news around this, like, there would have been, like, news is very scary. News is still scary now. Yeah. But, like, there is this kind of sense of fear, and you kind of, you have a choice. You can pay attention to the scary stuff and read the real stuff, or you can mm-hmm. kind of, like, look at the car section yeah. and be cool. Um, and it's interesting to think about characters in this show that kind of, like, adopt each technique. Um Right of coping kind of like we see Bobby for example who like talks about you know having family members who you know went really downhill after like you know. yeah his um, mom going downhill after yeah exactly long. his mom I mean he, he also talks about the end of the world and like he, also he's, clearly Bobby having a pretty loose grasp on history with yeah. his comments about Nostradamus then the halfbacks of Notre Dame yeah <laughs> I thought it was pretty good that's a little bit how my brain works but mm. um but yeah, so like he seems like a character who is paying attention to these things and not just trying to yeah. avoid them. It's interesting too with Bobby like as a character, like he's a character who something very good happens to in this episode, like he's promoted. Mm-hmm. And yet all we hear from him when he talks about it is like, frankly, I would have thought it would have happened sooner. Right. So like it really does add to like, I just feel like nobody's content yeah. right now. Yeah, no, exactly. Like going back to those like the debts, you know, Yeah. it is like. You think you're doing someone a solid and paying them back fully what you owe them. And yeah. no one's ever satisfied with doing yeah. that. I don't know. Totally. There was something for me, too, in the scene between Tony and Zellman. Yeah. Um, where Zellman kind of brings up, like, who can quibble with patriotic entrepreneurship? And he's wearing this U.S. pin, just kind of, like, as a bit of a timepiece of, like, where they are. Mm. And I just thought it was really interesting because, like, there's kind of like a manipulation of patriotic entrepreneurship and the fact that he's wearing this pin. Like I thought personally, I don't know, sort of like a tongue in cheek or I don't know. It was just kind of like a comment on like using symbols and kind of like manipulating them for your own good or saying that like Tony would have a reason to like buy up these places with this insider knowledge Mm. to use it and that that would be like a patriotic move as an Mm. entrepreneur. Mm. Because I feel like in this episode, there's so many examples of Tony manipulating information to get what he wants, Mm -hmm. but to make it look like a beneficial move. Yeah. So there's some episodes where Tony actually... I think Zalman's probably doing that also. Of course, yeah. yeah. Right? And I think it's also commentary on during that time in America, like people using patriotism Mm. as like cover for getting your own agenda across. Sure. Yeah. And I I don't know, like seeing the... seeing the you know the pin was like kind of like ubiquitous at that time like everybody kind of had them in politics mm-hmm. but i think there is also like a reason for that and there is like some yeah commentary especially good. when it's paired with like that comment about patriotic entrepreneurship right, right. um we know that this like doesn't make tony feel good though yeah. like we get it, we have him say twice like about being 
depressed and ashamed. We have him say, like, like identify himself as depressed. Um, you know, that could be for a number of things. Like, it is, like, he kind of says it at the end, like, you know, it was only once Carmela started bringing up, like, if I died. Yeah. You know, that, like, yeah. kind of made him go down this hole. But we can tell he's also grappling with some larger issues, too, like, with, like, being excited that maybe the ducks are back. Right. Um, but it's not. It's a squirrel. It's, I, know. <laughs> I was excited at first too. Yeah. Um, but we can see that like this, he's not functioning all that well in yeah. this kind of environment where he's being asked to do these kind of, I don't want to call them legit, but like he's being asked to do these things that kind of like are outside of his normal wheelhouse. Like it would be, you know, he could have a shell company, I guess, you know, like, and own those properties. Yeah. But he could never properly own them on paper. Right. Um, just like he could never have, like, these trust funds or whatever, yeah. like, Carmela wants him to have. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, and, you know, and he's, he is, he's, like, making up these stories to ostensibly get more money for Junior, but really get more money for himself. Yeah, and I think right? that there's a lot of examples, like, even, like, yeah, so that, like, these houses on... Freeling House and Avenue or, or wherever it is. But he like... Well, he so ma- casual <laughs> on Freeling House and Avenue or whatever. Well, I wrote it down, but I wrote it as... I think I said Freeland House first and then I kind of figured it out. But sense. anyway, like the fact that he has insider knowledge and that that would actually benefit Junior financially and then he's manipulating it for his own ends and then making it sound like a favor. Yeah. Also, like when he goes to the meeting, he said before when he goes to the meeting with all the captains and he says like, I'm the only one kicking up to junior. Like it's a shame how much you're yeah. you're sending to the top. Whereas earlier he refused to give junior a yeah. higher cut. Yep, yep. Even with the ducks, like where, you know, you see the ducks and like, he's excited to see them and it ends up being a squirrel. He's even like manipulating like that true thing that he's like passionate about by like buying duck food yeah. and then hiding and then money. Going in it. To, yeah. And even like when and he talks to, to Carmela, like he tells yeah. Carmela, like he's just lying. Like yeah. he's just like not in fine form right now. He says there's no money in the house. Yeah. Which I guess is accurate. Yeah, you know, he's like, check, like there's no true. money in the yeah. house since the last raid. Yeah. And then you know you see him sneaking out and he goes out in back. In his car and in his shed. And then there's like, yeah, there's like yeah. a pool house. Yeah. <laughs> and he like moves some tiles and then the money's there. So it's yeah. like Yeah. I don't know why he's so worried about that. About what? Well, Carmela like, finding the money? Yeah. I guess, I mean, part of it is like her being an accomplice. Also, I think he doesn't want her to know. Like, yeah, I think he's I like know, protecting I, himself. I think so. But it, we yeah. don't really see him doing that. Like, he decreased her allowance. Like, we get that, like, money is tighter than it has been or whatever. Well, he talks about it, but then when you see things, like, you kind of question if maybe yeah. he's still doing okay. Yeah. He's just maybe. like prote- protecting it all for himself. Yeah. So, interesting. yeah, so that's that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Also, you know, the big question in this in terms of like doing something that's supposed to be generous but is questionable mm. is telling Christopher about, right. you know, the Barry Haidu and if he that he killed Dickie Moltisanti. So yeah. he's, he's talking to Chris and he's talking about, you know, like your dad was a legend and all these stories. Yeah. And then this was him. And like so many things in the show, we're left with a sense of ambiguity. Like we really don't know if he killed Chris's dad or not. And we never will. Like yeah. it's just like there's no. I mean, until maybe the prequel movie comes out that they're working on right now. Yeah, <laughs> I hope they go there. Um, no, I know it's so interesting. Like I, every time I watch that part, I'm always like, okay, well, like what's Tony's motivation again? Like, because part of me is like, 
oh, is this kind of like an initiation thing? Like he, you know, he wants to see if Chris is really loyal to him. Right. Or I'm like, oh, is this like, um, does Tony want this guy killed? Probably. Right? Like, and that, and he's using Chris. Does Tony really, is, does Tony see Chris being kind of in a slump and be like, this is something that's going to make him feel better? Right. Or does Tony really consider that to be like a gift of like being able to kill the guy who killed your dad? I don't know. It's very ambiguous. Very ambiguous. And I think it's left that way. Yeah. You know, like, and like, they, it's kind of hinted at that like, like this is something that's been done before. Like he talks about his uncle, like anyways. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, even like the way it's set up, like the cop is saying, you know, like, I don't know that guy. Yeah. You know, and like, it's a setup. And then, but then like the last thing he says before he runs off is I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. It's such a great, it's, it, it's a really So there's kind of mixed messages and we don't know. We don't have all the information. Yeah. But well, like, like Christopher said, and maybe it's kind of, it doesn't matter because he, somebody wants him dead. And... I know. But then it's cut with that really interesting scene. Like after Tony tells Chris the information, we kind of cut back and forth between to him and to Tony and Bobby yeah. at a diner. Right. And Tony's ordered this like really healthy food. Well, dish. that's an interesting thing. Like he's ordering, yeah, healthy like eggs and tomato. No oil. And he's wearing like thin clothes that he yeah. never wears at any point in this show. Yeah. That are like you see him and he, he weighs, actually looks he weighs like weighs himself in the doctor's office, which he usually yeah. does. When but he, he looks there, but... skinny and he's wearing like tight fitting clothing. Yeah. So he's clearly like monitoring his weight and yeah. trying to be healthy yeah up until the point where he just orders a rare steak with right. bobby and then he just has two meals which i approve of and think is cool but is not very healthy yeah. <laughs> yeah. bang bang egg steak egg steak. <laughs> yeah um but i don't know so like yeah like I, to see like where tony like after giving that information like waiting for chris to do this thing mm -hmm. that's where tony goes with bobby i don't know there's something interesting about it i i, I haven't quite worked it out yet but I feel like there's something meaningful in there. I'm just not. Well, there's also something too with like Bobby and Tony and their stature because mm -hmm. there's like a reversal in mm -hmm. their stature throughout mm -hmm. the entire series. Like when it starts, Bobby is like comically overweight. Yeah. They give him a fat suit, yeah. you know, and Steve Sherbrooke to wear a fat suit. By the end, he doesn't. Like they just say it's fine. And Tony has gained so much weight from where he is in the beginning. Like there's actually a reversal in kind of like their weight and maybe even like that reflecting the power dynamic right. a little bit because right. like weight and stature is so related to mm -hmm. yeah kind of like we also machismo. see him yeah we also see him earlier though like eating a huge ice cream sundae right? right like before he sits down to watch tv which is a link to down neck the episode where he's eating like the exact I same mentioned ice cream. that a lot of times to me today. i know well there's just so many like links in this episode there's so many things that they're doing i know i know you like that you like that one though yes it's linked to down neck <laughs> The episode where Tony also does that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. And then when, you know, and then when he goes to Melfi at the end, like I said, like he says he's depressed. Um, we really do, to kind of come back, I guess, to where we started this, like we get a sense that things are really not going well. Yeah. Um, there's no positive trajectory that I can see right now. Right. You know? Um, it's hard. It's hard to believe that one could exist. Yeah. For any of the characters, really. Yeah. Um, you know, we have inside information that Danielle is a FBI agent, right? Yeah. And we get her husband Will Arnett 
in, you know, we get these two scenes with them and their baby. Right. I wrote, just like I wrote Vito exclamation point yeah. when he showed up, I wrote Will Arnett exclamation point. Um, and it kind of cuts back between... Strange casting. Yeah. But great. I'm so happy that that's the casting. It yeah, makes it... It makes sense, I guess. It's great. Um, you know, we have inside information that she's not who she says she is. Yeah. And I love the shots, too, when she shows up. That's actually those are some great scenes in this episode as well when yeah. when she and Age show up at the Soprano house. Yeah, there's a lot and going on there. It's like and then it cuts back and forth between like Janice and Ralphie upstairs and stuff like that and there's mm-hmm. that scene going on downstairs. Anyways, but and the you know, we we POV know, we shots know too like Tony looking over at the two empty yeah. chairs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's great stuff going on those. There's but. there's things there too with like Tony like eyeing Danielle like again like a, a POV shot but yeah. like kind of like looking her up yeah. and like in a kind of like well he's like kind of like checking her out sexually yeah and then like you see her face like he does with the nurse who's also an fbi yeah exactly well that's really interesting because when he's talking to junior you know junior says it must have been that piece of tail and he's like oh how could i fall for that right and the irony is we know well tony Tony is falling falling for for with danielle yeah right also like he like liked flirting with that nurse too yeah totally yeah they're both yeah tony isn't really in a position to like Judge Junior. Judge Junior for that. Yeah. You know, I think he says like, "How could you? How could you fall for that?" And yeah. yet we know because we know who Danielle is, that Tony is also like yeah. susceptible to, to oh, that. Totally. You know, to that risk. Yeah, but again, like we see how much she sees. You know, in that moment when she comes with aid, we know that it's not good. No. Well, it depends what your definition of good is. Who it's- you're rooting for. <laughs> no, I'm always rooting for my characters. Tony? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> Go, Tony. It's hard not to. Like, you, like, I don't know, at least for me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I hope you could avoid this one. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Well, that's what this show does. Totally. I mean, yeah. Totally. Whether it's logical or not. I mean, yeah. I think that's, like, the natural thing to do. Yeah. There was, in terms of, like, the sexuality of it, too, there was an interesting edit where Ralph and Janice are, like, getting involved with each other in the bathroom. Yeah. And then there's a really weird edit. Actually, the edit's not weird, but there's an edit to a shot, like, right on Daniel's elbow while Rosalie's holding it. And right. it actually, like, looks like a breast or something. I, yeah. It's a strange one. Actually, it's, like, if you, yeah, if you watch it, I mean, if, you, if you're looking to, like, check out some breasts. Some not boobs. Like, like, <laughs> some elbows. Yeah. When people take pictures of their elbow crease, it looks like a butt. Yeah. But that's kind of, like, what they do. It's yeah. a very, like, deliberate shot. Yeah, yeah. And they start there. And it's it's funny that they edit there from Ralphie and Janice. Right. And then they go there. And just seeing Danielle, like, using that, leveraging that, mm-hmm. and how it is a threat. Or in the scene earlier with Christopher, right? Like, she's wearing this, like, crop top. She's, like, being kind of sassy. Yeah. You know, um, definitely, like, I think she's a great actor. Yeah. The, I don't know the name of the actor who plays yeah. Danielle slash agent, <laughs> whoever. I don't know yeah. her real name. Right. Because <laughs> um, she does both parts pretty believably. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, uh, I didn't know that Icelandic um, flight attendants were just you know so easily gonna they're hang just, out with mob guys they're crazy. on their off time they're, they're just crazy. down for whatever yeah, yeah you yeah. know we did not have that experience when we flew with wow air to no, Reykjavik. but maybe this was iceland air <laughs> iceland air yeah um yeah they they were crazy that was a very cheap flight with wow air so <laughs> uh we got to see carmine though that's right and actually that was something i thought was interesting like how they start 
this whole season with a shot of the New York Times. Yeah. Like for me, like there's like some kind of like yeah. indication that New York will play into this season yeah. more. Yep. And well, already Tony talks about like Tribeca and stuff like that too. Like. Yeah, and yeah. even you know, like we see like this, you know, Tony is talking to Christopher. Like, what did you learn? You know, you just witnessed a sit down between two bosses. Right. You know, so bringing in the boss of a New York family yeah. for a sit down—that's actually kind of a new thing. Johnny Sack—they're expanding on his relationship with Polly. Right. And you know, we kind of feel like you know he's also passed on the information to Carmine that Tony was wearing shorts. Right. Which is an interesting thing. That was actually in the first season. They got a call from like an actual New Jersey mob family. And that was like the criticism oh, they said. Is that right? Because during the barbecue scene in the first season, Tony is wearing shorts. <laughs> and they never do that again in the show. That's funny. But yeah, they actually like got contact and said like, that is not something that would ever happen. That's like a Don, Yeah, like somebody in the family would never wear shorts to a barbecue. <laughs> so if you go back to a very early season one, you'll see that. But it's actually, they managed That's to like bring really it back funny. and actually work it into the writing wow that's funny um we find out that tony is 42 <laughs> yeah in scene with melfi wow um yeah i mean there's the last shot on money like going into yeah well there's that whole last the 20 dollar bill and i don't yeah. know like i think that whole last scene is really interesting with chris's mom it is yeah so like we real we find out right like we you know we knew chris was using before but we find out that you know, in his family, there's a history yeah. of like issues with mm -hmm. alcohol, at least. I don't yeah. know what else his mom is into, but she's like trying to be sober. She yeah. has all these things up on her fridge. Um, and they kind of like talk around her sobriety in that scene, right? Yeah. Like he kind of smells her breath. And, yeah. Um, but, and then we, we have kind of this closure on his dad, who's like been brought up a handful of times before this episode, right? Like we don't, we know that his dad was, you know, Tony's mentor or whatever. Mm -hmm. At least that's what Tony says, right? Um, but we start to, like, build this new backstory that we didn't have access to before for Christopher. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know, I think it is really interesting. Um, and the scene, I mean, like, there's, like, a couple shots leading up to that scene where we focus it on the money. Um, she... Like it, it goes back and forth between him holding the bill, yeah, and then to her with the photo down and drinking her tea or whatever. Yeah. Like she's like put the photo face down, and then we see like Chris doesn't notice that though. He doesn't notice that she's put the photo face down. He's yeah, like he's thinking about this thing that he's been involved in. Like proud of himself, wants his mom in some ways to like kind of be proud of him, right? Yeah. Like he kind of like wishes he could tell her is yeah. the sense that I get. So he leaves this bill on the fridge. Yeah. And it's 20 bucks, right? I mean, and like, what does that really mean? Like, without telling her, she's clearly just going to spend the $20 yeah. on something. But I find that it's so interesting, right? Like, but for him, that's, like, repayment for a debt in some ways, right. too, right? And so... Right. Um, or it's, like, what his mom is owed And Because his mom also talks about, like, I didn't burden you with a stepfather. Yeah. You know, like, there's this idea of what they owe each other yeah. or what they've done for each yeah, other. I thought it, I think it's a really awesome scene. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. super powerful. And also with the focus on finances throughout the whole episode, mm -hmm. like it kind of brings it all together. Like mm -hmm. everybody is worried about money. Yeah. And yeah. yet, yeah, like for Christopher, like what does it really mean? Like what did he really need from that? Like what was really truly important for him? Yeah. And it's it, the money where there was actually like a symbol of yep. something else. Yep, yep, of this larger thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
what else do you have? I don't I don't really have. You know, I think it's like it's an it's an amazing episode, and it really like establishes the mood and themes of season four, mm-hmm. and like very quickly they kind of like throw out a lot of ideas that really like world built. Yeah, and I think it's amazing. Like, there's a lot of topics that are brought up that will like continue to unfold throughout the season, but. It's not, yeah, for me, it's not, like, an episode that has, like, as much, like, content to dive into mm-hmm. as some others. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, it really, it, it sets a mood so effectively. Yeah. Um, like, you're, um, like, you know, yes, they were projecting it. But, like, I feel like I'm almost, like, putting myself back there to, like, how people felt about that at the time and stuff. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Um, it really, like, puts you into that space, which is probably why we start to get so depressed when we watch this show. Yeah, it only gets worse from here. Yeah. You just get more and more depressed. So. It's very depressing. Maybe this will help us to try to avoid it, watching it this time through. Cool. By talking about our feelings. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> On a podcast. Yeah. Oh, my one my one stray oh. observation. When Angie Bompentero does show up again, interestingly, she's in the exact same place where Carmela saw her last time. Right. Where she was worried about money. Right. And she's next to the same meat aisle that right. was associated, like, with meats that meats. we kind of, like, talked a the lot meat, about in season three. Meats, like, yeah. meat kind of becoming this, like, major symbol that's yeah. actually discussed outright in yeah. the, like, breakthrough that Tony has in Melfi's office, getting hit in the head by the slab of meat. Yeah. You know. She's selling a Polish meat. Kielbasa. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something. Well, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting, like, the setting there. Yeah. Anyway, it was okay. just something I thought about. That they deliberately chose to put her in the exact same place where Carmela saw her last time. And now she's working. Yeah. So. I like that you just threw that in there. Just wanted to end on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meats. Cool. Love meats. Meat. Thanks um, for listening. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with episode two of yeah. season four. Feel free to email us. Yep. At in at the end podcast at so. gmail.com. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you guys. And we'll see you for episode two. See you for episode two. <laughs> Bye.